Welcome to the Customer Acquisition Experience Podcast with Guy Rosman. This is the show where top digital marketers share proven tactics, tools, and frameworks that will help you acquire more customers and grow your business. Let's get started. Here is your host, Guy Rosman. Eve, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's a pleasure. So the last we've seen one another was a few years ago when we were both of us working for Fiverr, which was a great experience. Can you tell us a little bit what have you been up to since? Yeah, so it's been a long time. So after Fiverr, I had the opportunity to work in a few more companies. I worked at Google for a while. And then I worked, I was the head of growth at Upright. So I led there the department of growth marketing. And then I started to think about my idea for the startup that we that I have today. Uh, while I looked into that, I did some consulting. So I consulted all kinds of companies like Mixed Styles, like Athera, and a few more. And uh, today I am the co-founder and chief revenue officer of uh, Agave Health, the startup that back then was just an idea. So that's what I do now. Amazing. So actually, there's two ways that we can tackle it. So... We can talk about your startup and we can also talk about your uh, consulting because you did work with some interesting companies. So maybe we'll start with that and then we'll uh, continue to talk about the startup. So as a consultant, and it seems like you work with really like interesting companies, fast-growing companies that knows performance marketing. So I'm just wondering, as an outside consultant, what was your process, your value that you added to the table? Like, what did you do with these companies? Sure. So I based my consultancy practice mostly on strategic advice and less on hands-on things. Basically, I was usually called in in order to assess a situation that that reached a, a point where sort of a glass ceiling. I think we've all seen that, right? You work on the growth marketing strategy of a company and you're growing and you're growing and you're growing. And then at some point you feel like, It's just not working anymore, right? There's like this glass ceiling and it's hard to understand what it is and what's the problem and how you're going to fix it. And there's a saying for that in French. We say you have like your head inside the wheel. You're so close to the wheel that you can't see the road anymore. So my, as a consultant, my role was usually to come from the outside and show them the road. And then together we could say, okay, this is where we've been. This is what we've been doing. This is what has been working well. And this is why we're stuck. So now we can find solutions to address this, which can really fall into any category that lives under growth, right? Sometimes the solution has to do with traditional PPC channels. Sometimes it has to do with building awareness. Sometimes it has to do with nurturing, email marketing, whatever. Uh, So this is basically what I was doing as a consultant. And and this is probably, you know, the thing that we all bump into at some point. I'll bump into this in my startup as well at some point. I hope you will, because it is an interesting problem that not all companies reach, right? Like you need to get to a certain point where you're growing, you're growing and really like you maybe run out of of ideas or you need some fresh uh, perspective. But I'm interested to, how would you go about it? Like, uh, I guess you need to look at the data and then come up with some insight. Definitely. What is the process looks like on that front? Yeah. So usually the way that I worked was uh, the following. I would come into the company, I would uh, request access to the data as raw as possible for at least one year back, if not more. 
And then I would start digging, try to understand what's been going on. Were there any trends? Was there a point in time where there was more growth, less growth? Have we been in some sort of under some sort of glass ceiling in the past? Things like that. So first of all, just look at the data. And at that point, the least amount of information from outside, the better, because the data will tell you its own story. And then you'll be able to go and complete the story with other information. So once I was done sort of digging around the data, my second step was to start sitting with people in the department. So basically all the people that have been hands-on on, on everything that relates to growth, to understand what are their focuses now, uh, what's been working well for them. Was there a point in time that they say everything was going well in my channel and then boom, I don't know what happened. So basically these information helped me sort of complete the story. And between these two sources of information, it usually brought me to a point where it was rather, I wouldn't say easy, but like rather clear to be able to put your finger on, okay, this is the group of problems, or this is what led us to being stuck, or this is where we stopped focusing on more things and we started to narrow our focus too much, etc. And from there, it was easier to start making a plan and the plan was always, obviously, you know, I would come with a bunch of suggestions, usually way more than what you can implement. And then I would sit with whoever is the decision maker, the VP marketing, the head of growth, whatever. And we would think together, okay, these are quick wins that we're happy to implement. These are things that we don't want to implement because they don't necessarily fit the strategy of the company or whatever. And these are things that are like more long-term pipeline, etc. That yeah. was my process. Nice. And uh, as you discussed, you know, with VP marketing as a head of growth, marketing leaders, you know, in general, what did you see that like maybe most of them struggle with? What are the pain points that are common in these companies? I think that the biggest challenge that sort of everyone gets to at some point is to connect all of the dots. Because when you start in the very beginning, you're, you're often a one-man show, right? And you do everything. And the downside of that is that you're, you can only do so much. But the upside is that you're seeing the entire life, the entire process that the user, the end user is going through. You understand what's the ad that brought him in in the first place. You know what's the landing page he experienced then. You know what his experience on your product was. You know what's the nurturing flow that he's going through, you know, email marketing, whatever it is. So you have a very global view and you can give a very consistent and harmonious experience. When you grow... You have to, you know, you need more resources, you need more people. So you start bringing more people. And the upside of that is that you can do way more than you could before. The downside, though, is that suddenly things, as much as you try to not have them work in silos, eventually they will. And eventually you'll see that your user used to go through a harmonious process. And now suddenly in email marketing, for example, he's just he's hearing something else. You know, you're telling him something completely different than what you were telling him in the other channels. And Identifying these things is hard because even as the VP marketing, you have a shit ton of uh, responsibilities, right? It's hard to sit and look at this entire flow from A to Z and not miss the different uh, path that the user can take. So it's especially in those situations that it's very practical to bring someone from the outside who doesn't have all your historical data in his brain. To just look at things from the outside, it's much easier to identify these things when you're an external person than when you're inside. For sure. So you definitely need to help, you know, the marketing leader make the decision, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm also wondering about the execution part. Like, as you said, you're doing the analysis and you come up with the ideas and most likely you have a lot of ideas that 
only some of them can implement because every company has limited resources. This is how it works. So how did you see the companies manage that, like manage execution and the companies that does it well? Like how did they do it better than others? I think that the companies that I uh, accompanied that managed to do it the best were the ones who knew how to say no. Because the thing is, right, you're in that sort of stuck situation and then you have this external person or agency or consultant, whatever, who comes with all of these ideas. And you have two types of external agencies, right? Agencies that can actually give you the full service, hands-on, we're going to do this, this is what we saw, and therefore this is our game plan and we're going to implement it for you, and that's great. And you have... People that like what I was doing, which are like a one-man show consultant, and I, I can't, you know, now sit and build your whole email marketing and all this stuff. Like, I'm not going to be able to do that. So the clients that I accompanied that managed to make the most of my consultancy were those who were able to sit with me on all these ideas or recommendations and say, all of this stuff is awesome, but we just can't do it. So we're going to put it aside from now. We're going to shelf it somewhere. Maybe in a year, we'll come back to it, whatever. But being able to say no is one of the hardest things. And to be honest, it's one of the challenges that I face today as well, right? In my startup, I'm doing most of the marketing. I have only one person in my team right now. And like being able, like you want to do a gazillion things, right? You want to do everything and you want everything to be perfect. And finding the strength and the logic to say, okay, this, all this stuff is awesome, but it's just not going to happen. And I'd rather do less things and do them very well than to do many things and do them all half-assed. It's one of the hardest things. So the clients who managed to make that differentiation were definitely the ones who managed to make the most of my consultancy, I think. Yes. Nice. And going into your startup, maybe you can tell us yeah. a little bit, like, how, where's the idea come from? Tell us a little bit about what you do, but yeah. the journey of starting. Sure. So first of all, so my startup is Agave Health, right? I'm the co-founder there. We're two co-founders. It's me and Olif Wolf, who's our CEO. And basically what we do is that we have built the first virtual clinic for adults with ADHD. So we basically provide them with full-blown behavioral care through our app, uh, which allows us to make it accessible and significantly more affordable than any other alternative that you have out there today. So that's basically what we do. I came up with the idea because my husband has ADHD, so I got to see firsthand, you know, how it's, it really challenges your life to be an adult and have all of the adult responsibilities and have ADHD. It's, uh, if it's hard to be an adult for anyone, it's significantly harder if you have ADHD. So I got to see, you know, his struggle and, and, and the care that was available to him. And I understood that the care that was available was First of all, very hard to find, you know, proper care. Two, it was uh, very expensive and it was just not as accessible as it should be for a diagnosis that is so common. So I basically built a company to help my husband. <laughs> you could say that, but uh, or to help, you know, the millions who have the same issues as him and uh, hopefully yeah. have a good impact. This is a great incentive. You know, you, you have to make it work. Exactly, that's I great. have to make it work. I have a lot of yeah. skin in the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's always important. And, you know, as the founder of, of this business, and I guess you are probably in charge of the go-to-market strategy. So yes. it's interesting, you know, to hear your perspective, you know, because you did consulting for these companies that were growing and they had the market, the product market fit and they're making a lot of their revenue. And now mm -hmm. you need to build it from scratch. So I'm just wondering, yeah. like, how you tackle this big problem? Yeah, it's uh, much harder. 
I'll say that at first. And um, so what's really hard, right, is that first of all, you have nothing to base yourself off of aside from your expertise, which is obviously super important, but your audience is new. You know, I worked in different companies before. I think that you probably see that as well as an, uh, an agency. Each client is a different story. You can't really take your playbook of one and just copy paste it on everybody else, right? Each one of them has a different audience, a different purpose. And so when you come and help them, you sort of dive into their world. So for me, it was the same, right? This is a new world that I had to dive into, except I had, there was an, an existing company with existing activity that I could just dive into. So it was definitely hard. It required a lot of research, a lot of interviews, actually, with people who have ADHD, with care providers of ADHD, a lot of time spent on forums of uh, AD, where ADHDers actually share thoughts and insights and things like that. And basically, based on that, mixing it with my industry knowledge, let's say, I tried to build a go-to-market plan, knowing that when you build a B2C product from scratch, you know nothing until it's in the hands of the users, right? And then it's like day one is the day you start learning. So, so I built my strategy based on a lot of research and a little bit of industry knowledge. And I have to say that a lot of the things that you think you know eventually change because your audience is very unique. I'm marketing today, right, uh, a, care, a care package that is a very high quality, but also tries to be very accessible. So uh, we provide the highest quality of care, but in a digital way, there's a gap there in the understanding of how could it be such high quality if it's digital? And we have to do a lot of education around that. And my audience has ADHD. So the way that they interact with everything from their phones, their diff the different platforms where I can advertise and things like that is very unique. So there's a lot of learning happening for sure. Yeah. So I like the fact that you talk about the research and the interviews that are basically key, you know, to understand what language to use. And, and I'd love to hear more about like the way you develop the messaging and tailor it to the different platform because each platform is a little bit different. Uh, so 100%. maybe tell us, yeah, tell us about that a little bit. Yeah. So it was interesting because when you build the brand, right, uh, which was also one of the things that we did from scratch, you try to understand, okay, what are the values of the company and what are we selling and what's the most efficient way to explain it. But then you realize that this is language that can fit on a pitch deck for investors. It's language that could potentially fit on your website in certain areas. But in the end, when you're speaking to your potential customer, the question is not necessarily how can I explain to you in the simplest way what I do as much as what drives you. What hurts you today? What's your pain today? What uh, would make you happy? What would make you feel at peace or at ease? You know, and so and so you have you'll have to take all of that explanation and sort of translate it into this much more emotional talk that really hits the chord, that brings you over. Because if I bring you over, now I can explain to you in maybe a drier way what I do, but you'll understand that I understand where you're come from and you're coming from and my goal is to answer that need. So uh, what we did for Agave is that we really sort of split the way that we talk and we took a different angle that are all truly in-depth connected to our brand on different platforms. So for example, if you take our organic social activity, you'll see that there we're not 
trying to teach you about ADHD. We're not trying to shove tips up your throat and telling you, you should do this, you should make lists, you should whatever. We're not trying to do that. We're actually trying to tell you, hey, you know what? It's hard. We get it. Most of the team of Agave that works at Agave has ADHD. We struggle with this all day, every day. And when you see us on social media, maybe you just want to, you know, cry about it a little bit, laugh about it a little bit. Let's keep it personal and emotional and, and there. When we talk about PPC ads, for example, then we, can take a, we take a different approach where we're much more oriented to explaining to you what you're going to get because you're coming with a certain intent, let's say, especially on search, right? You came with, an, with a specific intent and now it's not about me telling you how I feel you. It's about me telling you, okay, this is your intent. I can help you with that. Or alternatively, this is your intent. I cannot help you with that. And you should go to someone else, you know? So we really take a different uh, sort of uh, language for each. And we try to tailor it as much as possible. And yeah, I think uh, this personalization is something that, you know, you encounter at every stage of a company. But when you just start, it's definitely like the trial and error phase, right? Where you, you try these things and you have to see how they land and adjust along the way. Yeah, for sure. And tailor the messaging to the format and to the channel. Uh, as you said, everyone is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm wondering, as a new company and a new startup, like probably plan, you know, the year or the quarter, like how does success looks like in uh, such a stage? Yeah. So obviously it's much harder in the beginning, right, to plan where you're going to land because everything is based on assumptions. And then once you start running, you start to basically, re, you know, sort of guide those goals again. It's nice when you realize that you weren't too far off because you're like, okay, so I did good research. Luckily, this is what happened to us, but um, it's not, you know, to some extent, it's almost random, right? Because uh, you really, you never really know until you start. But uh, what success looks like at this stage is a lot of small successes and very few big ones. I think that if we go back, for instance, to our experience, right, when you and I were sitting in Fiverr, there was such a thing as you moved the needle, something big happened. You opened a brand new audience that we didn't manage to get to before and this audience is you know hundreds of thousands of people and like when you're in the in the startup stage a win is often a small win and the way for you to build a big win or to hit your goals is to have a lot of incremental small wins so it's about this one layer of small audience that you manage to hit with your sem campaign with the limited budget that you have and you increase their conversion rate on the landing page from 10% to 15%. And that was a significant stride for you because even if it's translated in just you know a handful of new users for a few days, this is how you're going to, able to, to be able to build more wins. So it's like a marathon, right? It really feels like a marathon where you have to enjoy the small wins and try to always build upon them. And also realize that success is not something that you can measure with as much uh, certainty as you would in a big company because for instance doing an a b test when you're a startup is never you know really like a by the book a b test with statistical significance and all these things it's about incremental wins over just a few short days and building upon them yeah so it's learn fast and uh, make assumptions because you will not get like decisive uh, results with the uh, small data for sure for sure yeah cool 
Cool, cool. So, so Eve, first of all, that was great and, and best of luck, you know, with that. Thank you. I want you like to ask you a final question, you know, before we wrap this up, you know, you are a seasoned marketer, you've done it, you know, f- with so many companies and seen so much. What is like your maybe number one or just something that comes to mind that you can say to your fellow, you know, VP marketing, the marketing leaders that they should focus on, you know, in 2023 for customer acquisition and growth? I want to say content is king because tracking is not working anymore. They already said it like in the 90s right. that content is king. That's true. And probably every guest that you have tells you the same thing. <laughs> I will say this to sound a bit different. Don't cut corners. And if you can't afford not cutting corners, then get help from the outside. Nice. Yeah, I think we've seen yeah, a lot of I, re- I really think that so what you touched that. upon uh, regarding the research and listening to customers and to and yeah. look at what the competitors do and spend that extra time in research and there's like so many great tools out there that enables you to do it. You know, the mm-hmm. data is out there. So I think this should be maybe, maybe this is from, from my end, but invest more in the research because there's, there are great tools to do it yeah. and it will help you. You know, to make better decisions. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, great. Great, Eve. Thank you very much. If anyone wants to contact you and reach out, how can they do it? On LinkedIn. That's the easiest and I'm always there. So, yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> great. We'll have the link also in our website. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Eve. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Customer Acquisition Experience Podcast with Guy Rosman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about what you're struggling with right now. So make sure to connect with us on LinkedIn or just jump onto our website at mediaflows.com, fill out the form and get a complimentary 15-minute call to evaluate your paid advertising strategy. Thanks again and see you in the next episode.